This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. Witness every day with the Holy Spirit. Over the next five weeks, we're going to spend time together on Sunday morning, and then I'm going to encourage every person in the church to be connected in a connect group some way. And of course, there's many different ways that you can be connected nowadays. You can do it via Zoom, or you can do it in person. But we have all the tools for everyone to be engaged over the next five weeks. So it's not just a conversation on Sunday morning, but it's also a conversation where you process it out loud with other people. Let me tell you, life change begins when you begin to share what you're thinking. It doesn't necessarily just begin when you hear me preaching on a Sunday. It goes to the next level, baby, when you have an opportunity to share it with other people. And nobody's perfect, but everybody can grow together. And that's a big value for us here at Emmanuel, that I don't want to just have us experience theater religion as a church where we watch it on a screen and experience what's going on in a service and then we walk home, but that we experience real relationships, spiritual relationships where there's integrity that holds us during difficult times. And how many know the winds and waves in 2020 have been pretty strong? But those that have faith that's interconnected with other believers, we have a strength in that. So I want to encourage you to get involved in a group. If you don't know how, we have tables set up in each of our lobbies, as well as if you go right to our website today, you can go on there, and we have a brand new, as of yesterday, a groups finder where you can look in for your demographic, your area geographically, where you want to connect with somebody, and you can find a group. And I want to especially encourage you, if you don't have a group and you don't find a group, then start a group. And there's a way to do that, and we've got the tools for you on our site I want to encourage you to jump into that. In fact, I want everyone at the church to be connected somehow during this series. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's talking about you. (laughs) He's talking about you. That's what we want. That's what we're hoping for. All right, I want to dive right into week number one of Witness, Every Day with the Spirit. And... uh, I want, to, I want to think back into, and let you into my story a little bit. Maybe it looks a little bit like yours. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But uh, as I was growing up, I had to grow and discover who I am, what life is about, and how to navigate it through key figures in my life that were mentors. The first group of mentors were my parents. You know, actually, that's the way that God designed it for parents to train their children on how to live life. And they're to train them in all aspects of it. How to brush their teeth. Come on, somebody. Uh, How to take a shower. Come on, somebody. Really important things like that. And then also to to, uh, just basic things about how to love your neighbor. How to take care of people. And how to love others that are around you. And I want to encourage you with parents, you're making a difference right now in your kid's life. In fact, uh, I think we should give it up for all the parents in this season. They're raising kids. It's not been easy. Um, And then, you know, uh, as I grew older, then I I went off to school. And um, teachers became a big part of my story. And and, uh, teachers that believed in me noticed something good about me and spent the time teaching me everything from arithmetic to to writing, to uh, uh, the gym teacher and teaching me how to, how to kick a soccer ball, all of those kind of things. The teachers came in. And by the way, in this hour and season, I do want to pause right now, and I want to give it up for all the educators in the communities around us. This is a really tough season. Give it up for our teachers and our 
And some of you, you're giving it up for parents too right now, right? Because parents are also teaching at home and uh, it's a crazy journey. But those teachers influenced me in such a way that, that I had confidence to move to the next stage. And when I went into adolescence and, um, and, and into middle school and high school and the hormones started going through the body, how many hormones are real? People that are teenagers know this and people that reach that middle stage of life know that. Hormones are real. And uh, as they hit it and kids are growing and their bodies begin to grow and their emotions are all over the place and then their, their skin gets greasy and sometimes they get a little bit of acne, all that kind of comes in, stuff comes in. There's key figures in people's stories that keep us on track so that we don't unravel and that we can make it and successfully navigate through the most awkward seasons of our story. For me, I had many different people that, that helped me out, but especially at the church, I'm thankful I, I went to a church where we had a middle school and a high school uh, youth department, and, and they poured into us, and I had youth leaders that spent time with me, and, uh, and not just with spiritual things. I remember playing volleyball with a guy named Mark Vogel, and, and I remember uh, he, you know, he picked me up, and we'd go play sand volleyball, and he made a huge difference in my life, and, and there were different people that just poured into me during the, those seasons. In fact, I think it's most important during the teenage years where kids naturally begin to push away from parents for them to have the good kind of mentors speak into their life during those awkward years. Because the wrong kind of guidance can really lead the whole rest of their life astray. I'm thankful here at Emmanuel, we got an amazing youth team and youth leaders. And I want you to know right now, we're in the middle of absolute revival in our youth group. They opened up just a month ago and we're seeing kids get saved. We've seen hundreds of kids come to the youth group. We're like doing overflow upon overflow on each of our campuses. Just this last week, we had over 20 kids give their life to Jesus on Wednesday. It's middle of the, COVID ain't no thing, come on. And by the way, it's the best time to be a youth pastor. I wish I was still in youth ministry I, I, uh, because there's no competition. Uh, we don't have anything going on in the schools. There's nothing going on, and these kids can find Jesus. I double-dog dare you, challenge you, church, to pray for the youth ministry at our church. Pray that God moves and keeps moving. Put the pedal to the metal, Lord. Do your work on that next generation. And perhaps you might be one of those who want to invest as a volunteer. Jump in. You can make a huge difference. Anyways, I digress a little bit. Because I think about those mentors that made an impact on me and helped me navigate it. When I graduated from high school... I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I was a Toys R Us kid. And I, I really couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And I felt the pr pressure to answer the question, what are you going to do? What college are you going to go? What are you going to do? I, I just simply didn't know. So I went to community college, and uh, it, was the, it was the cheapest version for me. Well, I didn't know what I was going to do, and I did business administration classes and the like. But I volunteered at the church in the youth ministry. And a guy by the name of Jeff Grinnell was the youth pastor. And Jeff was somebody I just served underneath, and he began to mentor me as a young adult. And I just followed him. I did whatever he said. I listened to what he had to say. And it had such a profound impact during that season of my life that I didn't choose to do what all the other people were doing that were young adults and didn't know what to do with their life. I had purpose. And my purpose was attached to something that, that he was, really believed in so much strongly that it eventually influenced me to leave where I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan and go to North Central University. I transferred to the school and when I got to, to North Central, then I, I kind of went on a next leg of my journey. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But here's my point. 
Great mentors are in dialogue with you. In other words, they're not just giving you assignments and a lesson and eight ways to become a great leader or eight ways to save money or eight ways to get rich. They're actually in a conversation with you. They listen to you process and they are safe enough to process with. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, they're safe enough. If you share what you're thinking, they're not going to share that with anybody else. And they give advice or direction and clarification. In other words, they may give that direction, and then they listen to us process what we're talking about, and then they wait for us to seek their guidance or perspective. Why do they wait for us? They wait for us because they know that we aren't really listening until we ask. That we aren't really listening until we ask. Now here's the good news of this series that we're in. Jesus promised us that we can experience the closeness of a divine mentor every day of our life. The good news is perhaps you didn't grow up with great parents. You didn't have the mentor when you were in middle school. Maybe you did some silly things and you got off track. The good news is Jesus has promised every single person has an opportunity to be mentored by, the, by God himself. He can walk you through this journey. And we can live every day of our lives with the benefit of help, the benefit of support, and the benefit of heaven. We can have a living, breathing, personal relationship with God every single day. It's how David talked about his relationship with God in Psalm 23. Many of you know the, the Lord is my shepherd passage. But when he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Everybody said with. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You're with me. Here's, here's the promise. Look this way. Move away from your phone for a second. And consider the fact that all the questions you've got going on in your life, all the confusion, what am I going to do next? How do I handle this fight between me and my spouse? How do I raise my kids in the middle of a pandemic? Is it all going to fall apart? And all the questions going on, you can pump the brakes, baby, and you can be okay. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David said, I'm not going to fear. Why? Because you're right there. You are with me. He will be with us as we walk through, and we don't need to be afraid. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't be afraid, he's with you. <laughs> Withness is connection with the divine mentor everywhere you go. It's connection with the divine mentor everywhere you go. Everywhere. Now when we lose connection, we lose our access to help. Now there's one thing nowadays that I never ever lose and it's my phone. I have to admit it. I'm, I'm, but, I just have to tell you, I do not lose my phone. There are people that lose their cords and all the time, and they have to mark them and all that kind of stuff. But I will never lose my phone. Why? Because I don't want to miss the text that says, I can hang out with my grandson, Kevin. I don't want to miss that contact, and my office can be connected to me. And obviously, I have to have times where I shut down the connection to the office so that I have family time and relationship, have a healthy life. But my point is, I'm just not gonna lose this. When I come home from work, I have a space where I put my phone. 
I don't lose it. It's the place I put my keys. Early on when I was first married, I lost everything. Anybody like that? I couldn't figure out. And Jody finally set me straight. She said, put it in the same place every time you come in the door. So now I put my keys and my wallet on top of the fridge when I walk in the door. Every time. So if I can't find it there, it's not my fault. <laughs> my phone, though, I keep with me wherever I'm going. I'm going to get the updates to scores to whatever is going on today when the Vikings beat the Packers. Uh, I, I spend time. I heard a few groans in here just a minute ago. We got, we got both in the house. Um, but I, 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 I keep track of it. I keep it in my pocket. Sometimes it will vibrate, and I'll know that, I'll, oh, I got a text or I got a call, and the notification will come up. When I go to bed at night, I plug it in next to my bed, set my alarm. My phone wakes me up. I don't lose my phone. Here's what I want to challenge you with. There's a consequence if I lose it. If I lose it, Jody can't find me. I can't get the baby, I get, babysit my grandson. People can't contact me. There's a consequence to it. Many people live without their connection to God and rely on attending the church once a week to receive or help from God. And we don't notice that we've lost it. And I want to encourage you, you need to remember where your connection with God is, and it's through the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. Now, we all have a need for consistent Guidance from God, just like the disciples. Consistent guidance. Listen to what Jesus said to his disciples. He said this in John chapter 14. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Now, this is a powerful scripture that we'll come back to as I talk over the next few moments, but I want you to consider the disciples. This group of people that you see in the Bible called the disciples, what is a disciple? Let me give you a simple definition. A disciple is a learner in training. These people Jesus had picked out, traveled with Jesus for three years. They experienced life with him everywhere they went, did everyday life stuff, Jesus was with them. It was a lifestyle of relationship together. And they were learning from Jesus. Jesus, when he would go out and do a miracle, they would break it down afterwards. Jesus sometimes would involve them in a miracle. You go feed the 5,000 people. And they had to go out and deal with the bread and the fish. And there was all this miracle stuff that was going on. They had to deal with the finances of, of things. Judas didn't do too good with that. All right, so his disciples were a team of people, and they were all opposites, by the way. They weren't all the same. Some of you think that everybody has to be the same political party as you to be in the church. I'm just going to have to tell you that's not the way Jesus builds the church. He actually puts political opposites on the same team, and he makes them grow together. He likes conflict. Why? Because it exposes what's going on inside of here. In fact, Jesus allowed his disciples to fight. He had brothers they wanted to sit on Jesus' right and left hand, and, uh, and he, he let them fight over it. He didn't chastise them for wanting a good thing. Oh, you shouldn't aspire to that. No, Jesus didn't. But what he did is he showed them the way to get there, and that's through humility. So he used everyday life experiences to train them to be who they're called to be. And now Jesus has declared to the disciples, I'm out of here. Peace out. And they're like, what? They're freaking out. 
And that's when he says, don't worry about it. I know you've had me, but you're going to have another divine mentor to walk you through the rest of your life. And here's the cool thing. These guys were only together for three years. In a few months, they're going to be spread throughout the whole known world. And they're not going to be limited. They didn't need Jesus in person in every geographical location they went to because the Holy Spirit would be their mentor wherever they would go. And he says, in a sense, I'm not worried. He was confident, Jesus was, that that mentor that would come would be with them wherever they would go. And he would guide them and walk with them and he would go through their next challenges and Holy Spirit would be there to process with them. See, Jesus prepared his disciples for his succession plan. He prepared his disciples for his succession plan. What are you talking about, Pastor Nate? Well, Jesus is taken off. Did you know Jesus' ministry was not over when he ascended to the Father? He wanted his ministry to keep moving. It was like owning a business and handing it off to the successor. He wanted that thing, that dream that had been planted in his heart and was just getting started to spread through the whole world. He wanted people on every continent and every socioeconomic status to be touched with the love of Jesus. And so he was handing off the business, if you will, his responsibilities to his disciples. And his plan to do that was to teach his disciples during his three years how to do it. So if you want to look back at the three-year journey that Jesus had with his disciples, especially if you look at the, at the book of Luke, Luke isolates all of the relationship Jesus had with the Spirit under the power of the Spirit. He went into the desert. He stood up in the, in the synagogue and he read from Isaiah 61, which said, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. And he emphasizes the Spirit relationship with Jesus throughout the book of Luke. You know there's two parts to the book of Luke? The second part is the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is about the succession of Jesus' relationship with the Spirit on the earth. Now it became the disciples and the us and our relationship with the Holy Spirit and what God's doing through us. We are to have the same relationship with the Spirit that Jesus had with the Spirit. And he was handing the business off. John 14, 26 says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. If you want to live the life of Jesus, you'll have to listen to Jesus' instructions before he hands you the baton. John 16, 7, listen to what Jesus said to his disciples here. He says, but in fact, it's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. This is what I want you to consider. Is that Jesus thinks it's better that he goes so that we still have a spiritual mentor in our life. And I'm looking at 2020 Christianity and people freaking out, looking everywhere, looking on the internet for mentors everywhere. P prophets, people speaking anything because they're confused and they don't want to do. What we really need to do is pause and say, Holy Spirit, I need you to mentor me like Jesus. You told the disciples that the advocate would come and mentor them. I need you for me. Come on, somebody. You don't need somebody in between you. You and God, you need to connect for God yourself. 
And we have to get to know the Spirit to hear what the Spirit is saying. We can't just hear about him, but we got to get to know him. The Spirit is a person, not an it. And all relationships are built off of shared experiences. If you want to get to know somebody, you got to have shared experiences. Way back in the day, in 1992, <laughs> I saw this girl named Jody. And Jody looked really cute to me. But I was a bachelor to the rapture. And God had to take me through a process to open my eyes that I needed her. And, uh, and part of that process was we went on a missions trip to Detroit for Detroit outreach back in the day. And, and uh, on that trip, we had all these practices leading up. And she was the female youth leader. And I was the, the guy uh, youth leader that was leading the trip. And together, we were on this trip. And we got to know each other. I discovered she liked pepperoni pizza just like me. And, and we had all these common things. And here's, here's the thing. But I didn't really know her, and she didn't really know me enough yet. And over time, we had other shared experiences. We went to a Vikings game together. We went to the state fair together. And I still don't understand why people pay money to get in to pay money to eat. It's, anyways, um, I was discovering Minnesota culture in the process, and I was discovering what is this thing about. And, and then she invited me to her family get-togethers, and I got to know the Morels and all the sisters and the aunts and uncles and what was important to them. And then eventually I got to go up to the shack, which is this hunting shack up north where all the family would go on holidays. And I got to know her better. This is my point. I got to know her better through the shared experiences. You hear what I'm saying? You don't just sit down and read the facts about the spirit to know the spirit. It's good to read the word, but you gotta have your own personal experience with the spirit. You gotta get to know him, and that takes time. Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, if you look at the, at the Bible, there's all kinds of names and titles for the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of life, teacher, comforter, counselor, advocate. There's symbols that refer to Holy Spirit, the dove, the wind, the breath, the water, the fire, the oil, the seal and deposit. But you won't know the Spirit just by looking at the symbols or listening just to the titles. Look at what the Holy Spirit does. I mean, in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, the earth was formless and void. And it says the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the waters. You see, right at the beginning of creation, nothing had been created yet. Nothing. There the Spirit of God is and he's creating something out of nothing, bringing order out of chaos. If we ever needed the Spirit of God in 2020, it's right now. We need the Spirit of God to hover over the top of us in the middle of chaos to bring order out of disorder. Can I get an amen to that? But then you begin to see that the Holy Spirit also spoke to individuals and would work with people and prophets, but not just church liturgical people and priests and like spiritual superheroes, but ordinary people like Bezalel, who was a construction worker, who worked on all of the artifacts that actually ended up in the temple. I believe that God uses construction workers. I believe he uses people that are medical workers. I believe that God uses people that are school teachers and people that work on our roads and people that work in restaurants. The Spirit of God will work with people at your work. Can I get an amen to that? So you see that the spirit goes out of just the temple into ordinary spaces. And then he speaks through the prophets. But the biggest thing that I love to see is, is how the spirit is promised not just to special Christian 
really holier-than-thou people, but it's for everyone. In Joel 2.28, there's this great promise that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on everyone. Sons and daughters, everyone. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's talking about you again. See, listen, the Holy Spirit was meant for everyone, not just, not just special people, not perfect people. And he adopts us into his family. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. You're in, baby. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. The Holy Spirit will lead us into the family and in the family business as we receive the baton. He will lead us down a path. And if Jesus can make it through suffering, so can you. There is hope because you're in the family. The Spirit has brought you and you're not disconnected. Hear me, church. In this hour, I don't want anybody to be afraid. Don't be afraid of the daily COVID counts. Don't be afraid of whether or not the Big Ten's going to play. I'm really listening closely to that, by the way. Don't be afraid about when, or when are we going to have different mask mandates lifted and all of those kinds. Of, you get too caught up in that stuff, and your mind will take you far away from safety. The safest place to be is with the Spirit as he's called you and adopted you into the family of God. You are at home, at peace. You are in the safest place you can be. Can I get an amen to that? So here's, let me, let me bring this to the point of my message because this is really the beginning point of an entire series. We need to pursue our divine mentor, the Holy Spirit. We need to pursue him. This isn't just something where we sit back and he hits us upside the head. We need to pursue the Holy Spirit, establish our relationship with the Spirit. For some of us, we need to re-establish our relationship. We are, and there's nothing to be afraid of. Some people, when we get into this kind of talk in the church world, you're like, okay, now we're in that Holy Spirit stuff. This is getting a little scary, Pastor Nate. The Holy Spirit stuff kind of scares me. I don't want you to be scared. How many are thankful that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. How many are thankful? How many of you trust Jesus with your life? Amen? Did you know the Bible says that Jesus is called the baptizer in the Holy Spirit? There might be a part of Jesus you don't even know yet. So you gotta go on a journey just like I did getting to know Jody before I married her. If you wanna experience all that the Holy Spirit has to offer, trust Jesus, keep trusting Jesus, and say, Jesus, I wanna know more about what you promised. I want to experience the advocate. I want to have the divine mentor in my life. I want to experience that. You don't need to be afraid. Jesus' disciples were learners in training. Asked Jesus, Jesus, I've been watching you. How do you pray? Because when you pray, you come out and there's powerful stuff going on. And Jesus gives them in Luke chapter 11, he gives them a number of of things. Uh, the Lord's Prayer is one of them, and it's a famous prayer. But I, I don't want you to focus on the Lord's Prayer today. I want you to look at verse 13 of Luke 11. Jesus says this. He says, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, 
How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Those who what? Those who what? Those who ask him. What if we were just simply to ask for the Holy Spirit? Then, when we ask the Spirit to lead us just as Jesus said he would do, powerful things could happen. John chapter 16 says this. When the Spirit of truth comes, Jesus says, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. You see, when the Spirit came, the Spirit would lead the disciples. And Jesus' disciples would become the receivers of God's revelation, seeing things in the Spirit as Jesus and the Father were doing and accomplishing. And Jesus' endeavors on earth were always in partnership with that same Spirit. But he was telling them they needed to ask. Now, I have a couch up here that represents a, a moment, significant moments in my life. Because when I graduated from college and I became a youth pastor, Jody and I, in my career and in our family life, we went through many transitions. Marriage was one thing. Buying a house and renovating a house was another thing. Having one kid, two kids, three kids, four kids in six and a half years, a whole nother thing. And I have so much to be thankful that Jody didn't kill me during those years because she carried so much. She's my hero in our story. But I was also growing as a youth leader, youth pastor at Emmanuel back in those days and making a lot of mistakes and trying to figure out how to make it. And during those times, I didn't know what the right thing was to do, but I was bothered inside. And I remember going going down to North Central University. And I called my old college professor up and I said, who is now the president of the university, I said, Dr. Anderson, I said, uh, can I come and talk to you sometime? And he said, sure, and he set up an appointment. I drove down there and I walked into his office and I sat down on his couch. He was across from me and I was like, what am I gonna say? What am I gonna say? I don't know what to say, I'm intimidated. This guy's got like doctorate upon doctorate. He's smart, he's spiritual. I don't, I don't know what to say. But, uh, uh, and he just looked at me. And he says, so what do you wanna talk about? And I started going, well, uh, let me tell you what's happened in my life since I graduated. And I started talking about church and family and, and pretty soon, he would ask questions and I would give answers and he would lean into my questions and I did all the talking. And then I found myself going, what would you do if you were in my shoes? And I was giving him the ask. I was giving that, it was my moment. I wasn't just sharing my heart. I was going, I'm interested in what you have to say about my life. Because he had provided an environment where it was safe for me to talk. And because he was providing that environment. I just found myself naturally wanting to spill my guts to him. And then he would give me back wisdom in outline form. That's the way he talked. <laughs> I mean, he was like, he'd just give it to me. And I'm like, how do you remember all this stuff? 
And, uh, and I remember when I got done with that first meeting, I got up and I felt so much peace. I felt like I wasn't alone. I felt like I was gonna be okay in that other part of my life. And I asked him the question, I said, can we do this again? <laughs> he said, sure. So about once a month over the next 10 years, I would drive down to North Central, walk in to Dr. Anderson's office, and I went through all kinds of different transitions. I questioned myself. I didn't know what to do next. I didn't know how to process difficult things on staff. I didn't know what to do when Jody was frustrated and we had four kids that were crying all the time and how to balance life and ministry. But I looked forward to my times of talking to him and he would wait for me for the ask. He didn't share his advice until I asked for it. And I wanna, I wanna transition this to you as you think about Holy Spirit and the divine mentor. When was the last time you really asked? I mean, we get used to dumping our, our stuff out and this is what's going on and this is what I need you to do and I need rescue and I need this and I need that and I want you to change people and I want you to change my kids and I want you to change the government and I want you to, I'm frustrated and we dump, but when does the ask come in? Because when the ask come in, comes in and you can begin to say, Holy Spirit, I'm really frustrated. I don't know what to do. What would you do? What do you want me to do? I want you to lead me. Show me how to parent in a pandemic. Show me how to navigate things that are so confusing. My parents never went through this. Show me how to overcome addiction. I've tried everything. Show me how to love my spouse when they're not loving me. Show me how to make it when I don't know what's going on with my body and I'm frustrated and I feel alone and all the gender issues of the day and everybody's telling me just follow your feelings, but I don't know what to think. Can you pause to the creator of the universe the one that hovered over the confusion of the earth and created order out of disorder and said, I'm just asking you, would you speak to me? I want to follow your leadership. There is no safer place in all the world than to pause and say, Holy Spirit, lead me. And listen, this is the beauty of it. When you let him have the ask, he begins to speak and when he speaks, he's the same one that authored all of the scripture, inspired God, God's writers to write Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Psalms and Nehemiah and Malachi and Matthew and, and Acts and all the things that we read were inspired by the Spirit. And he knows when you open your Bible what to pull back into your memory to inspire you, to correct you, to train you, to get you on track for where you need to be. He knows everybody on the planet. He's got a big family. He's connected to every Christian, every son and daughter of heaven that's in the family. And if you're alone and you're frustrated and you give the ask, he knows how to set things into motion with other parts of the family somewhere else to meet up with your need. He knows how to connect those things that you can't connect. He knows how to weave everything together for the good of those who love him. Come on, somebody. He knows how to do it. 
for this series, Witness, it starts with you and me stopping and saying, I receive your mentorship. I want you to lead me. And then give the ask, what are you saying to me, Lord? This could be Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday when you're like, I just don't know how to do this day. Yesterday I felt good, today I don't feel good. What if you put your car in park, just pause and say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do. I need your mentorship. He might not give you the answer immediately, but you've turned it over to the one that is the only one that can navigate for you. And he can lead you into your future. Would you just close your eyes, bow your heads wherever you're at? Let me just ask this question first of all. This gift is available for everyone, this gift of life. And Jesus came to the earth and he modeled for us a sinless life. And then he chose to go to the cross to die for our sins. And that means that anybody from any place on the planet, no matter what your background is, has hope today if you turn to Jesus and give him your life. The Bible says while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And if you're in this place or you're listening to me today, you're in a place where you're away from God, I want you to know there's good news. There is hope in your story. And that hope is if you ask, you need to turn and talk to God today. You need to ask him to forgive you of your sins to make you new and choose to become his disciple. And if you're here today and you're away from God and you need to come back to him or give your life to him for the first time, just put your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor Nate. That's me, you're talking to me. Yeah, 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 yes. I wanna lead all of those that you're hearing God and you know you need to take that next step. I wanna lead you in a prayer. And I can give you words, but you gotta mean it from your heart. You gotta talk to God yourself. And so I'll lead you in this prayer, and you can repeat these words after me. And everybody else, you can join right in. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came to the earth. You died on the cross for my sin. And then you rose from the dead, and you're alive. Today, I give up. I surrender to you, and I ask you to lead me for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Somebody give the Lord some praise in the house. Amen, amen, amen. Why don't you stand with me today? We're gonna worship God together. If you just gave your life to Jesus, you prayed that prayer, I want you to stay on the journey of following him. In fact, if you prayed that prayer, you can text the word Emmanuel to 313131. I'll send you a quick link of your next steps of following Jesus. I want you to stay in the journey together. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. To learn more about the many ministry opportunities we have throughout the week, be sure to check out emmanuelcc.org.